listening to the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network. It's the podcast in the Broadcast Basement. Broadcastbasement.com. Coming to you from the Windy City Slam Studios in the southwest suburbs of Chicago, this is Windy City Slam Podcast. Welcome on in everyone, Mike Pankow here, the founder and editor of WindyCitySlam.com and the host of Windy City Slam Podcast. And we have a great episode here for you today. Can't wait to get to it. Our special guest for this week, it's a huge guest. We're looking at a huge weekend in Chicagoland Independent Wrestling, and the biggest show out of them all is probably Freelance Underground's The Final Phase. And to preview that show, we are bringing aboard for the first time on the podcast, but he's a friend of Windy City Slam, Project Monix will be joining us this week. So stay tuned for that. We got a lot to get to before Project Monix joins us, so let's run down some exciting wrestling news. On the national scene, AEW and WWE, huge collision on Friday night between the 8 o'clock hour and then 9.30 central time. AEW and WWE were counter-programming each other, where SmackDown and Rampage crisscrossed each other. AEW threw in the buy-in on YouTube for an hour before Rampage. So basically, SmackDown had a two-and-a-half-hour show on FS1 because they were preempted by the American League Championship Series on Fox. So the final 30 minutes aired commercial-free on FS1 from 9 to 9.30, which is directly competing with AEW's Rampage on TNT. But Tony Khan saw that as a challenge, throws down the gauntlet, goes ahead and does the hour YouTube show, The Buy-In, and that featured Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki. I'm like, holy cow, guess what? We have a wrestling war again. It's official. It's on. And we haven't seen the level of this type of head-to-head competition between huge national promotions since the dying days of WCW a little over 20 years ago. The real winner of this so far, the wrestling fans themselves. That's right. I'm loving this whole thing. WWE Crown Jewel is this week, and that's Thursday afternoon, October the 21st, on Peacock Live. A lot of you may be at work, but you could get Peacock on your computer and check out this show. Should be a pretty solid card, and here are some of the matches on that card. WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns defends against Brock Lesnar. I can totally see Roman retaining again. I think Roman's the hottest thing they got going. I don't think he even loses to Brock. WWE Championship, Big E defending against Drew McIntyre. I think Big E will go over in this one. He will retain. SmackDown Women's Championship, we have Becky Lynch defending against Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair. I believe Sasha Banks will be coming out of that match as the champion. She's the only one staying on SmackDown. It's almost a little predictable in that fashion. It should be a hell of a match, though, either way. But I think Sasha comes out with the title. Plus, we're going to have King of the Ring and Queen's Crown's finals. And for my money, the Queen's Crown winner has to be Zelina Vega. 
I loved her from the beginning of this tournament. When the brackets came out, I'm, I just said, this is an opportunity for Selena Vega, a.k.a. Thea Trinidad. She's worked hard over the last few years in professional wrestling. She had the guest role in Fighting With My Family. She toiled at Impact for a few years. She's a hell of a talent. Great on the mic. I think the Queen's Crown is the perfect gimmick for Zelina Vega. Also this weekend, we have Impact Wrestling's Bound for Glory, Saturday night, October the 23rd in Las Vegas. Just a few of the top matches on that show feature Christian Cage defending the Impact World Championship against Josh Alexander. I could totally see Josh Alexander pulling this off. I think it would be awesome for him to get this title. He's a hard worker. He's a great technical guy. It's time to put the title on somebody fresh, and I think Josh Alexander is just the right guy to do that. Then we have Deanna Perrazzo defending the Impact Knockouts title against Mickey James. This should be one hell of a match. Looking forward to seeing the outcome there. Then we have Havoc and Rosemary, known as DK, defending the Impact Knockout Tag Team Championships against the Inspiration. Yeah, it's the former Iconics from WWE. They're still together. They're now in Impact Wrestling. I have a feeling they might come out on top and win these titles. And then for the vacant X Division title, since Josh Alexander used option C to cash it in for the championship match against Christian Cage, we have Warrior Wrestling champion Trey Miguel, Steve Macklin, and El Fantasmo in a triple threat three-way match for the vacant X Division title. That should be pretty awesome, too. Would love to see Trey come home with gold there. All right, locally in the Chicagoland area, this past Saturday night, another home run show for Steve Tortorello, Eric Hamilton, and Warrior Wrestling. Sweet 16 was at Marion Catholic High School in Chicago Heights, and we had Brett the Hitman Hart was the big guest for the special fan fest. He came out and said a few words to the crowd as the show was beginning. The first match of the show was Trey Miguel defending the Warrior Wrestling Championship against Jonathan Gresham. That match was thrown out after several minutes, called a no contest, when several wrestlers jumped the ring and they were working for Frank the Clown. So Frank the Clown, once again, Warrior Wrestling tried to kill this guy a few months ago. Lance Archer threw him over the bleachers. We thought he was dead. He thought he was gone from Warrior Wrestling. No way. He's back. Wreaking havoc again in Warrior Wrestling. He'll be back for their next show in December. As will Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay will make his return to Warrior Wrestling on December the 12th. So that's huge news coming out of Chicago Heights. In a couple of months, Will Ospreay returns to Warrior. In the main event of this show, Aramis successfully defended the Warrior Wrestling Lucha Libre Championship. He defeated Ray Horus and Gringo Loco. Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy Murphy, defeated Chandler Hopkins. And I said before, this match might steal the show, and it pretty much did. His thing delivered. Buddy Matthews paying homage to his old friend, Seth Rollins, with the curb stomp. And Buddy hit his finisher, won the match. Again, Chandler Hopkins is on the rise. Keep watching this kid. He's going to be good as well. Terrific, terrific match between those two. Davy Richards defeats Ace Austin. We had Alex Shelley knocking off Casey Navarro. So that kind of cools off Navarro's heat streak where he has the Warrior Wrestling 
medallion to cash in for a championship down the line. He still has that, but right now he has to regroup, and we'll see what happens next time he comes to Warrior. Sam Adonis and Moose in a Haas match for the ages. Both guys high-flying, hitting maneuvers, athleticism, power, you name it. Sam Adonis starting to get loved by the Warrior Wrestling crowd, which is really crazy. The last couple of shows, he's gotten a lot of respect and love from the crowd. He's one of the few guys to work almost every show for Warrior Wrestling out of their 16 now in their history. Sam Adonis with the roll-up victory defeats Moose from Impact Wrestling. For the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship, Roxy defeats Laney Locke via submission. And this was a hell of a match as well. Much respect to both women. I would love to see more of them at Warrior Wrestling in the future. Then in a mixed tag match, we had Pretty Proper. That's Lady Frost and Victor Benjamin. They defeat Jason Hotch and Janai Kai. We had Josh Alexander defeating Calvin Tankman. Then we had the tag team of Beastman and Warhorse in a victory over Dan the Dad and KLD. This was a terrific, fun, entertaining match. I was really impressed with KLD. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Keith Bearcat Lee from WWE with his power and his agility. That guy has a total package. All four of those guys, fun to watch. It was a hell of a match. The pre-show, four matches on that. We had Will Allday defeating Mark Wheeler. Trevor Outlaw defeated Jordan Cross with a derelict driver. Tootie Lynn defeats Blair Onyx. And then we had the tag team of the good guys defeating ROH wrestler Eli Isom and Zeke Mercer. So Warrior Wrestling, another great card. Kudos to Steve and Eric on that. Last Friday night, we had Chicago-style Halloween Chicago-style wrestling returned to the American Legion in Franklin Park. And here's what Steve Arendt fed to Windy City Slam in terms of what went down that night. The show opened with GM Steve Arendt in the ring, upset about what happened with Sky Blue at the previous show, the ladder match and everything with Hades X1X attacking her with the lights out. Heather Reckless ends up winning that championship. Droids came out, and it was a memorial service for Sky as she had died or something, but obviously we know she's not dead. She's been in AEW, but that's besides the point. The Druids came out, made Steve Aaron irate, then Heather Reckless comes out and mocks Skies on Tommy Demise. Jake Painter comes out and then chastises Heather Reckless, saying she only won the title because of Hades. It was a whole crazy situation. Hades destroyed Painter, and it was a mess just before the card even started, and We'll see if Sky Blue comes back at some point to CSW. I would like to see that. In a three-way match, we had Blanco Loco defeating Saban Gage at Axel Rico. Garrison Creed defeated Solomon Tupu. Acid Jazz gets the victory over Steve Boz. In a five-man scramble, we had TJ Steele defeating Shane Boucher, Casey Nova, Jake Painter, and the ice pick Vic Capri. In a tag team match, we had Big Mood, Mateo Valentine, and Jake Moody, with Jake from Wrestling in their corner. They defeated CNC Destruction, Cody James and Chris Miller, with Ryan Matthews in their corner. And Axel Rico provides some interference to help Big Mood get the victory. Then we had CSW Women's Champion Heather Reckless defeat Dream Girl Ellie. This was a non title match. And in a banger of bangers on the night, Marche Rocket defeats young Jax Johnson. 
And from all reports, Jax Johnson wrestled the match of his life. It was an amazing performance by him. He almost beats Marche, but Marche pulls out the victory. A lot of good things coming from Jax Johnson. I know when I saw Jax back a few months ago and back in the spring, he impressed me too. So I'm really looking forward to big things out of him. And then Joey Avalon comes out with Sierra, and he wants to sign the contract for the big title match against Dick Brubaker. That will be next month. They come out. The Dope Kings come out and have some choice words. It comes down to newer brawl, and it's a tag team match between Avalon and Sierra and the Dope Kings. Then Brubaker hits his finish, wins the match for his team, signs the contract. So next month's main event at CSW in November will be Filth King Nick Brubaker defending the CSW Championship against Joey Jet Avalon. So CSW, Red Hot, they're keeping it going. Coming up this weekend, we have a bunch of shows too. I'm just going to touch upon them really, really quickly. Freelance Wrestling's Killer Clown from Logan Square, Friday night, October the 22nd. Logan Square Auditorium in Chicago. Two matches for the Freelance World Title Tournament, including Robert Ego Anthony with Frank the Clown in his corner against Angel Escalera, and Craig Mitchell against Trevor Law with Frank the Clown in his corner as well. Then we have the Bang Bros, Davey Bang and August Matthews against Kylie Ray and Isaiah Velasquez in a tag team match. Then for the new Texas Pro Championship, the champion Brian Keith comes into Chicago Defends the title against Storm Grayson. We have Effie against Wes Barkley. And in a non-title tag team match, the freelance tag team champs, the Take It Home Wreckers, take on the Philly Marino experience. And the Freelance Academy Scramble, Coach Bryce Benjamin takes on Alfonso Gonzalez, Danger Mask, Saban Gage, Missicate, and one-man dynasty, Darius Luttrell. And in a few moments, we'll be talking to Project Monix about this show. It's Freelance Underground's The Final Phase, Saturday night, October the 23rd. Show is sold out. You could only watch it on the IWTV.live. Main event, Project Monix versus Kylie Ray. A lot more to come on that. Then we have the Freelance Underground Championship. GPA defends against a to-be-determined opponent in a GPA Open Enrollment Challenge. Freelance Underground Independent Championship, Laney Luck defends her title in a six-person scramble against Storm Grayson, Trevor Outlaw, Cole Radrick, Dan the Dad, and Wes Barkley. La- Talk to Laney at Warrior Wrestling backstage after the show last weekend. She's This is just old hat for Laney. She's very confident. This is the way she won the title nearly two years ago. So she doesn't sweat it. She's not worried, but... Two competitors that I think can possibly dethrone her. Storm Grayson has been on a hot streak. I would not be surprised to see him come out of this with the gold. Or even Trevor Outlaw, another guy that's been absolutely on fire and freelance. And even Warrior Wrestling defeating Jordan Cross. Had that great main event in Berwyn a few weeks ago and gets Vic Capri. Those are my two potential picks to unseat Laney there. But we'll see what happens. In a Prison Yard Rules tag team match, Pick and Pop, Darius Luttrell and Coda Hernandez take on the veterans, the Coco Buffs, Acid Jazz, and Marche Rocket. Then we have Iron Demon Shane Mercer against Brian Keith, Blair Onyx versus Harlow O'Hara, 
and Charlie Evans against Billy Starks. So loaded card, Freelance Underground on Saturday night. Plus a couple more shows this weekend. I just want to touch upon real quick. Rockford Damage Incorporated makes its premiere a storm brewing Saturday night, October the 23rd at the Teamsters Hall in Rockford, featuring James Storm, Beer City Bruiser, Gorgeous George from WCW, Masada, Eric Priest, Cody James, Axel Rico, Tyler Sullivan, and much more. Plus, we have Crash Tested Wrestling in Hobart, Indiana. That's a matinee show on Sunday, October the 24th. And then we have WOWT Lucha Libre back in the Berwyn Eagles Club Saturday night, October the 23rd. Whew. All right, that was a mouthful. Now for what you've been waiting for. This week's special guest, Project Monix. Stay tuned. Check out WindyCitySlam.com for news, analysis, photo galleries, and links for Chicago and independent wrestling. Plus stories on the big boys such as AEW, WWE, and Impact Wrestling. Also, while you're there, catch up on the latest episodes of Windy City Slam Podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, back here on Windy City Slam Podcast. And to continue a absolutely crazy month of October, we're bringing in one of the biggest guests I've looked forward to in a long time here on the show. He's a guy he's, who was a rising star on the Chicago wrestling scene. He's a former freelance underground independent champion. Ladies and gentlemen, Project Monix, a.k.a. Pat Monix. Pat, how you doing? Thank you for the very, very um, making me sound more important than I am type of intro. I appreciate that, Mike. Hey, no problem. Um, and a real aside real quick, um, about two years or so ago, when I was just starting out WindyCitySlam.com, and this was before the podcast even began, you were one of the first indie guys that really kind of, you know, took me in and let me talk to you. Uh, this was at a Warrior Rushing show a couple of years ago. We did like a six or seven minute video interview, and it was really cool. And I, I really thank you for all your time and for all your fun matches that I've been able to see of yours. No, absolutely. When I saw you uh, message me about this, uh, that's why I said to you, you know, um, I don't forget stuff like that. You were, um, you were someone who interviewed me when not too many people wanted to interview me. So as we lead to this big match and this final phase, and um, now that I'm in a position where people do want to interview me, I want to make sure I do these interviews with the people who always wanted to. So thank you. All right, let's get into it then. The show is Freelance Underground's The Final Phase, and it's this Saturday night, October the 23rd, at Church Street Brewing in Atasca. Now, the show is sold out, so if you don't already have tickets, you're out of luck there, but at least you can still watch it live on IWTV.live. And there's a little suggestion for me. Go ahead, subscribe. It's only $10 a month, and you can check out loads of old freelance and freelance underground shows on there and plus many other promotions from across the country. And this show will be live on IWTV.live and Saturday night, Project Monix, your final match against, to quote you, and apologies to Dan Housen, the best motherfucking wrestler on the planet, Kylie Ray. Yeah, um, you know, as someone who has been around Kylie a lot, um, I think anyone who has seen her wrestle live. Um, when you watch her wrestle um, and you watch the people 
around the ring and you see how they're feeling, how they're reacting, um, the level of noise they make, the emotional investment that you can literally see and feel. Um, that's why I have no issue saying something like that. I know probably rubs some people the wrong way. Um, but my thing with, with a statement like that as as aggressive as that statement is calling someone the best wrestler in the world or the best wrestler on the wrestler on the planet. Um, I don't think that when she's wrestling, there's someone that you can point at that you can go, Oh, they're better. Um, so I, I understand that it's a, it's subjective, you know, um, I, as I go into this match, they asked who I wanted to do it against. That was the first person that came to mind. Um, there's no one better. Let's rewind a little bit. I remember this day very clearly, and it was Saturday, February 8th, 2020, Freelance Underground at the Cantini VFW in Joliet. I was there covering it for Windy City Slam, and at the time, I saw you before the show. I briefly said hi. Um, you didn't seem to be quite the same Pat Monix that I've known from the previous year or so, and I just couldn't put my finger on it. I mean, after the fact, I kind of thought of that. Not at the time, maybe, but maybe after the fact. Then you had your match with Jesus Bryce. Elena Black was in the corner. Bryce ended up winning. You left the ring, and then we didn't see you again. And in a couple of hours after that show ended, I saw that you posted on your social media. And to quote directly from that tweet or that Facebook post, I mean, it was probably in all of your social media. Basically, you said, in a spot mentally slash physically, where I need to step away from wrestling for the foreseeable future. Thank you for understanding. Thank you for supporting. Now, I was absolutely stunned when I saw this. I'm like, this guy is going to go to the moon, and all of a sudden, he's done? So, what happened? Yeah. Um, when people ask me this question, I always jokingly respond, um, you got a few hours? because <laughs> it's a layered answer um there's a lot that goes into it um best i can sum it up um spiritually emotionally physically mentally um all those boxes were checked in in the sense that uh they weren't good and there's a lot of reasons that go into all those boxes being checked as not good um you know the uh the physical side of it uh it's not ballet. You know, we're wrestling a lot. Um, I was one of those people who prided myself on wrestling a hundred plus matches uh, a year, every year and doing that on an independent schedule and budget and sleeping on floors and hopping, you know, you're doing a show uh, on Wednesday in Dayton, Ohio, and you have to not even sleep there that night, get in your car, drive to Louisville. Um, you know, you're not making enough money to maybe buy the hotel because you're trying to pay your rent at home. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, so you maybe crash in the car or like a buddy's floor. Um, and then the next day you wrestle there. Um, and right after that match, while your body's still tight and, uh, or, you know, tightens up while you're hopping back in the car and driving just the, the lifestyle of it isn't, um, isn't healthy. And, you know, you combine that with, um, the actual match. Um, so like, you're going out there and you're trying to win over these crowds. So you're maybe doing risky things and they don't always go right. And little, little accidents happen here and there. And just, uh, it's just a domino effect physically. Um, so 
I don't think I really need to explain the physical side. I think people mm-hmm. kind of get it. People who are wrestling fans who have read a wrestler's book or watched a documentary, you kind of understand that it's just a grueling lifestyle. Um, now, when you look at the, um, the spiritual side of it, you know, you get into wrestling. Uh, you get into it because for most of us, you get into it because you love wrestling. And when you love wrestling, you think, well, maybe someday I can become a wrestler. Um, so spiritually, like it's something that you, you, it, it feels right. Gosh, I remember Mike, the first time I went to, I joined wrestling school. Uh, I actually joined it in Florida. I'm from here, but I, I struggled to find a school at the time. Um, long story short, somehow I ended up in Florida for a brief period of time. Um, I joined the school. I remember getting there the first day and I got there before anyone was there. Um, you know, I was in the back corner of a flea market and, uh, I walk in through this curtain and there's a ring there and there's a light shining on it. And there's all these old wrestling posters on the wall. And it felt so um, mystical. It felt like this, like come to God moment of like, Whoa, I'm where I need to be. Um, it, it, it felt so pure and somewhere along the way that was gone too. I no longer felt that way about being in or near a wrestling ring. Um, and that's a layered answer as well. I could mm-hmm. get into that and maybe we'll talk a little more about that as we go. Um, mentally, um, you know, mental, when I think of mental, I think of like a lot of things, um, but it also goes hand in hand with physical, um, caught some concussions. Um, and that's a very confusing thing. Uh, Post concussion syndrome. Uh, it's really hard for me to explain to people, but um, yeah, I just, Felt like I was in a whirlwind. I didn't really know where I was at, what I was thinking. My emotions are very all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's confusing. And once you have concussions, especially like when it's more recent, they're easier to get. So now all of a sudden you're at the point where you're fragile and, you know, someone could flick me in the ear and I'm risking getting a, oh, you rattled my brain. Um, so yeah, I became concussion prone. Um, and it just kind of got to the point where, you know, I'd take a bad bump and I'd see stars and I was like, another one. And each time it happens, um, you know, you're thinking like, oh, is this my last one? So now you're wrestling, um, maybe trying not to get hurt or trying to get through the day or trying to get to the next show instead of wrestling because you love it and you're excited about it. Um, so, you know, we got physically, mentally, spiritually and emotionally. And I think that just kind of ties into it too. Um, they all, they all seep into each other's cups if we're going to use like an analogy of you know filling your cup with your water and you want to um you got to have your cups they got to be full so that you can fill other people's cups and I was at the point where my cups were empty um and I knew it and I had nothing to give to anyone else um other than negativity and pessimism and jadedness and bitterness and anger and I would try my best to shield it and mask it. And I think I did to an extent to a lot of people, but you just saying that, that you felt something was a little off with the version of me that you once knew. Um, that was very apparent to me. I knew I wasn't myself and I was lying to myself. Yeah. Not thinking about that after your, your statement on social media and then like, maybe something was up and then you kind of start putting the pieces together. You're, you're unpacking all this different stuff and be like, wow, I mean, the wrestling business may have gotten another one, man. That really stinks. CM Punk took his long break, seven and a half years. 
maybe not necessarily because of concussions, but because of like some of the grind and some of the travel and all that. And I, I guess you can kind of um, feel like you're in the same boat as like a CM Punk or even guys like Brian Danielson, who had to take a little bit of time off for various injuries and concussions. And a guy I talked to personally a couple different times and including once for Windy City Slam is Christopher Nowinski. He's a former WWE star. He's the uh, founder of Concussion Legacy Institute. And now he's a guy that's really kind of studied concussions. And have you ever thought about reaching out to him? No. Um, so that, that I feel like someone has told me about that. So that's not entirely news to me. That's really cool that someone who, you know, made it to a high point in wrestling, like, uh, you know, is, is doing something like that because, um, when you look at wrestling uh, and when we're looking at concussions and we're looking at stuff like mental health, um, like you said, wrestling, ah, wrestling got another one. Uh, it's very prevalent right now. It's um, seems like it's happening every week. Uh, another wrestler steps away um, because of either mental health or because mm-hmm. of concussions or because of just the, um, just the brutalness of this little world we live in this little wrestling world. Um, and combine that we don't have an off season so you know you look at someone like you had mentioned CM Punk or someone like Daniel Bryan um gosh I think they both started you know in the late 90s early 2000s and they pretty much went for respectively 10 to 15 years each without taking a break um so that's mind-blowing in itself um 12 months a year 365 days like you know, sure, you don't wrestle every single day, but those other days you're just doing the things that you got to do to be a wrestler to be able to perform, whether that's training, whether that's um, trying to grab sleep, whether that's yoga, whether that's stretching. Um, you know, the preparation is its own beast, too. Um, so when you're doing that cyclical behavior over and over and over for 15 years, it's like, well, yeah, why didn't Daniel Bryan step away sooner? And the only answer is because, like, you, you know, you either love it or, um, that's how you're making your money. Um, there's sure there's a few other answers why someone would maybe continue knowing, uh, the destruction they're causing themselves, but that CM Punk men- mentioned that you just had, um, that really speaks to me because right after he stepped away from wrestling and then proceeded to take seven years off, right when he stepped away, he did a podcast and it's very infamous. I'm sure you've heard it. Yes. Um, most people in wrestling have. That podcast nails it to me. And that's why I say to people, do you got a few hours? Um, I believe they did two podcasts to, to really get to everything for him. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause it's super layered, Mike. Like it's not like there's one sexy story where it's like, you know, I think people want there to be a reason like, and I don't even like to talk about the concussions because like, that's not really the reason I stopped wrestling. Like it's part of it. Sure. Like I had concussions, I've seen a concussion specialist. I've seen a neuropsychologist. I'm cleared Uh, mentally. I am. My memory is good. You know, I'm talking to you right now. Probably doesn't feel like you're talking to someone with brain damage. You know, I'm fine. Um, I don't have like a level of head trauma. That's terrifying to me. If I wanted to go play pickup basketball, I could go do it. Sure. If I catch an elbow in the head, I'm probably more likely to get a concussion than someone who's never had concussions or wasn't a pro wrestler. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, you look at guys like Punk and Brian, sure, they've caught plenty of concussions. Um, They're both still, at this point in their lives, seem to be themselves. 
CTE, the brain, these are things we just don't really know all that much about yet. We know wrestling is not good for it, <laughs> but um, yeah, I have been told I am okay to wrestle and I did pass all my tests with flying colors. He did make sure to tell me this doesn't mean your concussions aren't real and you haven't suffered head trauma. So don't get that twisted. Um, but the risk is at your own at this point. Um, but yeah, that CM Punk podcast, he just mentioned so many of the things that I think all of us as wrestlers go through. And I think that's why it spoke to so many people. Yeah, indeed. Um, I know you are very passionate about this business and you had some crazy, really, really crazy grueling matches back in 2019. In that particular stretch, you had this long feud with Simon Grimm slash gotcha. And then you had that absolutely crazy brawl where you fought all over the gym at Warrior Wrestling against Sam Adonis. And that thing was nuts too. And my question to you is this. Since you you always put like 110% with your breakneck, fast break style, do you think maybe you tried a little too much in the ring? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think too, like, I don't know. Um, there's a lot there um, with, with answering that one, but I would say this, Mike, um, I, everything I do, I try to do 110%. Um, you know, I try to take that Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant mentality and um, take my version of that towards wrestling. Um, and I think all the greats do. Um, I look at, like you had mentioned, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan. Um, but then you got to take a step back sometimes. And um, there's the John Cena's of the world who are going equally 110% in a very different way. Um, now, that might not be a, a good example with what we're talking about, because if, if, you're, if you're dissecting a, a wrestling match, um, Cena actually does take lots of bumps. Um, people confuse that I think um, you know if you watch any of his main event pay-per-view matches over the last 20 years he goes hard um, I don't know why there's this this disconnect there with people I think it's because on the tv matches or the live events you get the five moves of doom concept but all wrestlers kind of have their five moves of doom um, I think he's just kind of a low-hanging fruit so I, I look at these guys um, maybe Jericho is a good example um, wrestled you know you, you think a Lionheart Chris Jericho and he wrestled a certain way um, you think a current Chris Jer Jericho wrestles a little different, um, probably gets better crowd reactions now. Um, now that's a testament to his longevity and him getting himself over on television year after year after year after year for a really long time. Mm -hmm. So now maybe he can get away with doing less, but I actually think um, he just simply wrestles smarter. He's more tactical. I think he's playing chess out there. Um, quite frankly, large part of the reason I felt like that I wrestled the style that you just described was because I didn't think I was very good yet. I think I was getting maybe booked a little bit ahead of myself. Um, I was trying to wrestle as many matches as I could so I could catch up to people. Um, I had times where um, I would be wrestling someone and I felt like maybe I bit off a little more than I could chew. Um, and to match their level, Maybe I have to do these slightly riskier, slightly harder things. Uh, maybe I have to do some of these bigger bumps. Um, and maybe that comes from a little place of insecurity too. So uh, another date, June 19th, 2021. 
you made your surprise return to Freelance Underground just after Kylie Ray, who made her return to Freelance Underground that night. She defeated Angel Escalera. And I was there too. And, and I heard the familiar tune pop up over the PA. I'm like, wait a minute, Monix? Like what? And, and I saw you come out. I, I wanted to mark out so much, but I was there with my camera taking pictures. I was, I was trying to stay professional, but I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm like, holy shit. Pat Monix, Project Monix is back. And now he's getting into the ring with Kylie Ray. And then you throw out the challenge to Kylie Ray. So how did all that come together? Yeah. Um, to refresh my memory for a moment. I mean, so February of 2020 uh, was when I stepped away after that match with Jesus Bryce that you referred to. Um, you know, I was definitely in a place where... I felt very trapped and I had a moment of clarity where I was like, if I post this right now, I'm out. I, if I can just post this status and press send on all my social medias, I'm out. And hope, we'll see how people take that. And fortunately, it was an overwhelming response of just love and support. Um, so I was free. <laughs> so then begins the, the journey of recovery, um, which was a really long journey. And the start of it was not, you know, very good. Um, very dark time in my life. Um, I don't need to really get into it. I think most people have that time in their life that they look back to as being a dark time and you guys get it. You know, we've all, we're humans. My story isn't special. Um, I have friends all the time who, you know, if I start talking about maybe like what had happened to me, then it kind of branches into me asking them if they've ever been in a spot like that. And then they start some, describing something that they went through. And a lot of the times it's worse, you know? So I try to put it in perspective that like, sure, I had this crazy public uh, thing where I had to step away from what I love doing. Um, but people all over every single day are, are in these moments. And there's people that you interact with every day that are currently existing in it. Um, you know, as someone who right now, I'm in a very good spot 18 months later, um, 18 months ago, I was in a very bad spot. Um, I try to keep that in mind now when I'm talking to someone that they might be in that spot. And, you know, you look at someone like Kylie Ray, um, she's very much in the public eye. Um, she's very, very respected, very beloved in the pro wrestling world as a whole. And, you know, when you're got that many eyes on you and you, you get this major wrestling contract and then you choose to step away, um, most 99% of people can't understand that because they think to themselves, well, if I was in that position, I'd tough out or go through or do whatever I could. Uh, you're making tons of money doing what you love, but they, they're not her. They don't know what she's going through. And I don't either. I've never asked her about it. I've never talked to her about it. I have no idea uh, what her challenges are, what her um, situation is. And I don't care to know, you know, that's her stuff. And when she's ready to talk to people about it, that's her. And, when I saw that she was back in wrestling, um, I was very happy for her. And, I, you know, it seemed to me from an outsider's perspective, like she seemed to be happy with wrestling again. Um, and I don't know if she ever wasn't happy with wrestling. Maybe it was something else. So I don't want to speak on where her head is at with anything then, now, later. But I knew she was taking bookings again. Um, as I started to get healthy and started to rehab and started to do yoga and started to train, uh, Carlos, uh, 
the promoter of Gali Lucha Libre gave me the key to his gym and I started getting in there and just moving a little. Um, and each week I'd maybe do one more day then some weeks I'd maybe do two days. And all of a sudden I started rolling and then I started jumping. And then all of a sudden I was like, I feel okay. Um, maybe, maybe I could do a match, but I won't know until I book one. Cause if I book one, then I have to. Um, I had a few promoters reach out to me over this time, seeing if I would do one more match, you know, from the jump, when I stepped away, the plan was always to have one more match, uh, to have closure, to have that final stamp, to write that final chapter in a book. Uh, I put too much time, effort, and energy into this wrestling journey to go out like that, like to just be at, you know, some show in Juliet that, you know, you're, you're having a match versus, um, you know, your trainer and you're just not there when I wrestled Jesus Bryce. And uh, it kind of felt like even with my tail behind my leg, between my legs. And um, I don't live my life that way, you know? Um, so as long as I could get to a spot where um, I could be under my own two feet and feel strong and feel confident and feel like myself and have this match on my terms, let's try to get there. Um, so I talked with, um, the promoter of freelance and freelance underground currently. Um, and I basically just, you know, said like, Hey, I want to do one. Um, let's talk. And we talked and he basically said, who do you want to, who would you want to wrestle? And the only person that came to mind was Kylie. And there's a lot of reasons for that. She's one of the very few people um, in Chicago wrestling, not just like an indie, in indie wrestling, but in, in specifically in Chicago where um, I've never had a singles match versus her. Uh, we broke in right around the same time. Uh, we went on very different journeys, but they were very parallel. Um, she was also that ghost I could never catch. Um, I felt as if anytime we were both on a show, she was just slightly up the card. Um, you talk about that Simon Grimzello feud. Um, probably the best work of my career. Um, we really told a story. We really got people invested. Um, you know, when we had that final match, it wasn't the main event, you know, that night we were semi-main, um, Kylie was the main event. So like, even in like my, my strongest moments, I couldn't get to her. Um, another few that I really take pride in, um, I had a one year long feud as well at freelance with Isaiah Velasquez. Um, equally, I could, I could say the same thing about that Simon Graham feud. I feel as if maybe the Isaiah's feud is my best work. Um, two different feuds. Um, I could explain maybe why one is worse or better than the other, but ultimately I, I, I very, I very fondly look back at both of them as things I'm proud of. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know which one would be like, if I had to pick one, what's your best view ever? It's one of those two. Um, now there is a third one that is um, on that tier, not to get sidetracked, but um, I did a, a teacher student storyline with DJZ and I'm very proud of how that paid off and we had a great match and I'm, that's right there with those two. So not to leave it out. Um, but again, the night I, after one year of buildup, had our blow off match, me versus Isaiah, crowd was really into it really delivered on the match, you know, Kylie Ray was the main event. So like, it's the same old song that here's Pat Monix, here's Project Monix banging his head against the wall, trying to get to this spot 
um, doing everything possible, like you had mentioned, wrestling that 110% style, but it's just not quite at the Kylie Ray level. And to me, it's very poetic because now I'm back. Now she's back. I'm going to do one more match. If I wrestle someone else, it's not going to outdo Kylie Ray. <laughs> so I got to wrestle Kylie Ray. I got to take it head on. I got to go one-on-one with her. Um, in in that moment, in that platform, in that ring, in front of the live crowd, the people who bought tickets that night, the people who are streaming it on IWTV, who are watching it, who are finally getting to see us in the same spot on the card, wrestling each other, can for one night, I outshine her, can I outperform her, can I beat her, can I stand alone in Chicago wrestling for one night, and that's what the final phase is all about. That's a really cool build up to this match. And I'm really going to enjoy that. So now you have the match with Kylie all set up, but you also had a small bucket list too, so to speak. A little spot, the Ted Petty Invitational in IWA. And then you had recently had another match in Golly Lucha Libre against Arrow Boy. And you went ahead and checked those boxes, which was really, really cool. Now you've been putting in some pretty intense work like during the week, getting ready for these matches. And oftentimes Chico Suave is there with you. Does he push you that uh, extra mile? Yeah, Chico's just, you know, he's a great friend and um, his energy is contagious. Uh, so I really have always enjoyed being around him since I met him. He's also just hilarious. Um, so like anytime I'm around Chico, it's a good day. Um, we used to tag at Galley um, when I first broke into the Chicago scene. And uh, yeah, we were team Chico. And um, he was doing like a Kurt Angle gimmick and, you know, we just kind of did like the whole team angle thing. But um, Chico just being around right now during this whole recovery has been great for me um, because it just reminds me of the times when I loved wrestling and trying to fall back in love with it. Um, Him being there um, makes that conditioning a little bit easier. And the the training sessions have been great. Um, You know, he's popped into some of the stuff I do at, at Carlos's where Carlos gave me the key to galley so Chico can come to practice there. Um, he comes and trains at the, the gym. I do um, house of wolves with uh, coach Joe Phelan. Um, so yeah, he's been a, he's been an awesome person, not just on this journey, but from the moment I broke into wrestling, Chico's actually one of the very first people I met in Chicago wrestling. Um, when I did that little Florida run I had mentioned where I went, got trained there first. Then when I came back home, I still remember uh, the first practice I went to under Jesus Bryce, Bryce Benjamin. Uh, Chico was there along with plenty of people that 99% of them aren't in wrestling anymore. But when I was walking my car, then and I, I specifically remember Chico was also walking in his car. And at the time he had this weird like pink or red kind of like Eddie Guerrero mullet. And um, it just looked really goofy on him, but that was the first version of him I met. So technically that was like the first that should be normal. Cause it's like what I know has him. But at the time I knew I was like, this probably isn't your normal hairstyle. Like this doesn't suit you very well. Um, since then she goes had plenty of hairstyles that, um, you know, look right on him, but it just looked goofy. And I remember like looking at him and being like, who is this goofy amazing dude because like just the little comments he was making to me as I was walking my car I was just like I really like this guy 
like a lot of people you mean in wrestling you kind of walk away from like Ugh. <laughs> but i remember walking away from my first interaction with chico and i was like i think that guy's gonna be my friend <laughs> and uh and he, he was so it's just funny to think of back to that memory at the the galley arena yeah he's a great guy and goofy is definitely the word to describe him but he's lovable too which i really like Very. so you have the match with kylie on the 23rd and you pour your heart into it you wake up on the 24th feeling good do you look in the mirror and say, maybe I can still do this? After all, this is professional wrestling. Yeah. Um, a lot of people have asked me about that because um, especially people I'm training around, they see how hard I'm going for this match. And they, they say, well, like, hey, you know, you're at the point where you're, you've had this galley match. You've had this IWA Mid-South match. Um, are you going to keep going? And the answer is no. There's a lot of reasons for that. Um, I'm just not... The, the point of the whole thing was for closure. Um, the, that's the IWA match. It's a place I used to wrestle all the time. Um, and same with galley. Um, these are places where I cut my teeth and I got good at wrestling because of those places. Cause I was not good. Um, I needed places that would book me all the time when no one else would book me. So these places booked me, um, to wrestle people that were better than me. And eventually I became one of the guys at each of those companies that was higher on the card and more, uh, more seen as a top guy. Um, so to be in that position, uh, I wouldn't have gotten that position without those places and the people that were helping me out and promoting me and giving me the opportunity, giving me a home. Um, when, a, when, you, when you've got very few bookings, if any, and someone goes, Hey, can I give you all the dates? That's big. And, um, I'm just the kind of person that doesn't forget that. So I had to wrestle those matches uh, for myself because I would have felt like I left something on the table. I would have felt like I didn't do those places justice. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of places that I also feel that way about. Uh, but again, like I, I can't go do a final match at every single company I've ever wrestled at. Um, the dates aligned nicely. Um, with the progression of the return and the rehab for this October 23rd match. Um, so, you know, there's other places I wrestle. I'd, if, if, if you feel like I left you out, uh, it's not intentional. Um, those were just the places I literally had the most matches at and spent the most time and was there really early on in my goings. Um, when you look at the Kylie Ray match on October 23rd, that is the final phase that is where we cut it off now you mentioned daniel bryan you got people like edge you got someone like cm punk who just took seven years off who said he'd never wrestle again you got people like terry funk um who retired countless times right mm -hmm. so rick flair um the list goes on you're right wrestling when someone says they're leaving wrestling usually doesn't last um, this situation's a little complicated because it's not entirely because I don't want to wrestle. Um, it's just at this point in my life, um, it's just not much of a choice, uh, doing what I've done this whole return and having these three matches, um, that might've been pushing it. Um, I, 
don't want to get too into like dirty details of stuff, but yeah. Galley, I was the original plan was to do Galley Mania, um, which is their biggest show of the year. Um, I actually wrestled one week after that for Galley. I was on my way to the Galley Mania show and some of the health issues I've been dealing with acted up. I was about 20 minutes from the venue and I had to turn around um, and go home and lock myself in a dark room. And it was not ideal. Um, that very well could happen on October 23rd. I could wake up that day and not be able to compete. And they always say card subject to change. This would be a bad one for that to happen on, yeah. uh, but, but things happen and, you know, reached out to Carlos immediately. I'm, I'm, I was 20 minutes from the venue. I'm sorry. I won't be able to wrestle tonight. Once my health was situated and I was in order, um, I told them let's do it this Sunday. Cause I saw they were running a show. So I already kind of feel like I might be pushing and may have pushed a little too hard on all this, um, balancing real life and work and, uh, friends and family and personal life and trying to vigorously train and do my yoga and have in-ring training too. So I don't come out there as a shell of myself, but yeah, Mike, like ultimately, um, I've really pushed myself to be able to do these three, um, for myself. And it is, it is, you know, wrestling is kind of a selfish thing. People can sit here and they can say, Oh, I do it for the fans and I do it for this. Sure. We do. Um, absolutely. But most people got into wrestling because when they were a kid, they wanted to be a wrestler. Um, you know, it, any person that ever bought a t-shirt, bought a ticket, supported me on social media. Um, I really appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, but I'm just being honest. Like that is usually why you get into wrestling is, is something inside and something personal. And it's because you have a dream or you have a goal. Um, so did I do it for the fans? Yeah. To an extent, like anyone who was at those shows for Galley Lucha Libre, uh, IWA Mid-South freelance, freelance underground, um, and any other company I ever wrestled for Zello Pro Warrior Wrestling Revolver Evolve. Anyone who was ever in the venue for any of those nights, like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming to the show. Thank you for cheering for me. Um, to the promoters that booked me, same thing. But at the end of the day, when you go home, it's, it's you and yourself. And the big reason for all this was I didn't want to look back at my wrestling career and say like, what if, or I, I kind of, I kind of quit, you know, and it was circumstantial, but it would have felt like quitting. Um, so that's what a big part of this has been. It's going out of my own terms, having these final matches, um, and letting the wrestling world know that I appreciate it and I am thankful for it. So people like you, um, the, the people who work at the shows, the photographers, the videographers, uh, the commentators, the referees, the wrestlers, the promoters, um, all those people, you know, I'm thankful for, uh, but sounds gross, but it is, it is for me. So what is the next chapter in your life after wrestling? Um, I joke, uh, get a dog, move to Montana. Um, but I don't know. I think it's just a one day at a time thing. Um, just, uh, 
you know, there was a time in my life where I was very happy wrestling. And uh, right now I actually feel that way again. Um, I feel very happy about what I'm actively doing. So I think the main goal is to just after October, October, ah, there we go. I was talking so well this whole time. It was almost like, huh, finally good at promos. Um, <laughs> um, the, the thing with life after wrestling is, I don't know, and that's cool. Um, one day at a time, try to be present, try to do things that I enjoy, try to do things that make me happy. And um, I'll tell you one thing, I'll, I'm definitely going to uh, keep doing the yoga. Um, that has been huge. And if you follow me on social media, I'm starting to do a little countdown for this match. And uh, just the other night, I included a little excerpt about my yoga journey. So um, yeah, just finding things like that. I don't know what next I'll find. Maybe, maybe like I joked that maybe a dog, maybe, a, maybe a beautiful place like Montana. Um, but I don't know. Sounds like uh, a plan is still evolving for Project Monix. <laughs> yeah, Montana's like my like my joke because it's like I don't know if I actually want to move there. <laughs> it just sounds like this like place that doesn't uh, that doesn't have anything to do with what I've currently done. <laughs> There's no problem there. <laughs> go away, go hide. Um, but maybe I'd move there and hate it. <laughs> Kind of like Brock Lesnar with, uh, I believe, Saskatchewan on his ranch. Tries to hide from it. Exactly. <laughs> when I was a kid, I was watching ESPN one day. And uh, remember Jake Plummer? Yeah, the cold quarterback with the Arizona Cardinals. Yes. And then uh, I think he was also on the Broncos and a few other teams. That's correct. He, uh, they, were, they were interviewing him about something like as he, right after he retired and his, his backdrop was like he was on his porch with like his, his dog and I think he lived in Montana or maybe it was Idaho, North Dakota, who knows. But I remember seeing that. And I was like, Oh man, that guy made it. Like he got out of pro football alive and now he's got his money and his life. And yeah, that always stuck with me. <laughs> That's so cool. Uh, and you mentioned social media a couple minutes ago. Let the fans know where they can follow you on social media and if you're still selling any merchandise at all. Yeah, uh, Instagram, Twitter, at Project Monix. Um, the merchandise is on ProWrestlingTees.com, Whatamaneuver.net, um, ProjectMonix.com. Uh, if you follow my social medias, you can directly buy uh, the current uh, merchandise from me. Um, but October 23rd, there'll be shirts, there'll be hats going right there. Um, oh, Mike, you're a sports fan. The goal with these ones was um, sports logo, you know, like yeah. or a white Sox hat. That is very I, sharp. <laughs> I think we nailed it. Um, so yeah, that was it. Um, but yeah, again, you know, those are the websites. Those are the social medias and, um, or you can go to the final phase. Once again, the show is called Freelance Underground's The Final Phase. And if you have a ticket, it's this Saturday night, October the 23rd at Church Street Brewing in Itasca. But beware, the show is sold out. But you can also watch it live at iwtv.live. And you can subscribe to that for $10 a month. Not only catch that show, but many others on iwtv.live as well. 
It's Project Monix. It's Kylie Ray. It'll be a match for the ages. Uh, some other matches on that show as well. We have Laney Luck in a six-person independent championship match. We have GPA in an open enrollment challenge. We have a couple of great tag team matches on the slate as well. But check this out Saturday night. IWTV.live is the place to be for Project Monix and Kylie Ray. There it is. Yep. Nailed, it. Yep. Nailed it, dude. We got a promo guy right here. <laughs> All right, Pat. Thank you so much for joining us, and good luck this weekend. Mike, can we get you a job in wrestling as a pro wrestling manager? <laughs> Open for the bookings? <laughs> but dude, thank, thank you so much for having me. Um, thank you for interviewing me years ago. Um, thank you for writing the web articles you've wrote, writ, wrote in, written. Um, like yeah, that. again, talking's hard. Talk, wrestling easy talking hard <laughs> but yeah thank you again man i um i appreciate you and i'll see you there great conversation with project monix I am so looking forward to his match against Kylie Ray this Saturday night at Freelance Underground's The Final Phase in Itasca. Now, again, if you don't have tickets, I apologize, but please, please get IWTV.live. Pat really talked us all into the building on the reason why he chose Kylie Ray to be his very last match in professional wrestling. I hope you enjoyed the show this week and next week. We'll recap the Freelance Underground weekend. Plus, we welcome back friend of the show, Chicago area wrestling star, Backwoods Brown, the long reigning GLCW champion. And we're going to talk some one full entertainment and a whole lot more. So join us next week for Backwoods Brown here on Windy City Slam Podcast. So long, everybody. Everybody.